Ever want to know what it's like to be a college baseball player that is just two wins away from living his dream of playing in Omaha, the College World Series, for a team that has regularly been to Omaha but maybe hasn't been in quite some time? Well, you're in luck because you're going to hear from LSU-designated hitter Cade Beloso in just a moment. As the Tigers prepare for their Super Regional against Kentucky, the final series at the box this season, Cade Beloso's final series at the box ever, and we're going to talk to him on Datitude on a special Thursday edition. Coming up next. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And all of Louisiana. And hello to all my friends who are dancing around with sugar plums in their head, hoping that the LSU Tigers can make it back to Omaha for the first time since 2017. A chance to do that this weekend. Tigers taking on Kentucky in the Super Regional at Alex Box Stadium starting on Saturday. Hello, everybody. I'm Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times, Bikini Advocate and bet.nola.com. And this is a special, as I said before, Thursday edition of Datitude, Thursday afternoon. We hardly ever do Thursday editions, except during football season sometimes. And we, I don't know that we've ever done an afternoon edition of the Datitude podcast. This be a, could be a first. Episode number one. 52 for a Thursday, June the 8th, 2023. And yeah, the Tigers uh, looking for their first world title. I guess you call it a world. College World Series title, I guess you should say. Since 2009, they haven't been to Omaha since 17, lost it in 13, 15, and 17. This is their first Super Regional since 19, which is the uh, freshman season of our today's guest, Cade Beloso coming on the show in just about 10 or 15 minutes here. I uh, had a great conversation with Cade. I've known Cade for a little while now. Uh, I covered him at John Curtis, uh, both his junior and senior seasons, was uh, an All-State player both of those years, led the Patriots to the state championship back in 2017 and 2018. Uh, the last one was against uh, St. Paul's. It was a tight game. I believe it was a low scoring game. I can't remember the score now. I want to say it was like two to one or something along those lines. But it was it was a low scoring game and a hard fought game. And John Curtis did what John Curtis does. And St. Paul's would get a chance to go back later on. But Cade Beloso left Curtis and went to LSU and had an interesting has had an interesting college career. We talk about all those things. Kind of a bookend type career. Had a great freshman season. Uh, then COVID hit. Then he blew out his knee, and now he's back to being Cade Beloso and having a great time. And I think he's got 13 home runs this season and uh, had a couple back-to-backs in the, in the regional. And, man, he, he's looking good. He's looking as good as he's looked all season and really throughout his entire career. We talk about getting ready for Kentucky. We talk about what it was like uh, to go through those rough years 
uh, what he's learned, how this team is feeling. They've already played Kentucky. What he remembers about the series against Kentucky in mid-April, uh, what the team's chances are, all sorts of things. And it's a good half an hour or so interview as we get into it. I, and, you know, I love talking to former players that I covered that go on to do great things. And, uh, you know, I asked Cade what it's like. Does he realize that no matter what happens this weekend, it's his final series ever. It's his final two or three games that he'll ever play at Alec Box Stadium. And, uh, you know, it's an interesting answer that he's got. And, no matter, again, no matter what happens. And so I told him there's going to either be happy tears or sad tears, one of the two. They're, either way, there are going to be tears at the end of the series, whether it be on Sunday or Monday. And we're going to find out what it is. I'm, I'm thrilled. Uncle Big Nick and I are going on Saturday. Um, he was a big winner in uh, golf last week, as he usually is. I mean, the dude just keeps on winning and winning. But uh, he's taking me to Omaha. Uh, Omaha. I wish he was taking me to Omaha. He's taking me to Baton Rouge this weekend, and we're going to have a little fun going up on Saturday. Uh, the wife's birthday is coming up this weekend. Oh, it's actually Monday, so we're celebrating on Sunday and next weekend because she likes that birthday month uh, as she celebrates her 29th birthday for who knows. I mean, I mean, she doesn't want to tell you, so the umpteenth time. Let's just put it that way. So, But if she wants to celebrate, by God, we're going to celebrate. And look, got a grandson coming in a, uh, just a short period of time, I think a week from Monday, no, a week from Tuesday. Got a grandson coming. Excited about that. So who says nothing happens in June? That is just not true. You know, we joked about it with Zach Ewing earlier on Bayou Bets about how this used to be kind of a dead time a year. I mean, even uh, back not that long ago, he was telling me that I didn't know this. Today, I think is the 27th. Did he say 27th? That can't be. 27th anniversary of Warren Morris's home run against Miami. And uh, I have the front page of the page, the sports front, that I actually designed. That's how old I am, by the way. I was designing the front page of sports 27 years ago because it's hanging on my wall. And the headline just reads, awesome. And if you're old enough to remember that game, Warren Morris, who was injured for a lot of the year and hadn't hit a home run all year long, hit a home run in the bottom of the ninth for the Tigers to win it. I think it was 9-8 to eight was the final of that game. Alex Rodriguez uh, was on that Miami team. Uh, Alex Cora was on that team as well. It was just a star-studded Miami team, and there were several LSU Tigers that went on to be pros after that as well. A special moment, obviously, in LSU history. That was uh, title number, what title was that? I forget which one it was. It was... That was national championship 27 years ago. That would have been number three in 1996. And uh, the first of back-to-back -back titles, by the way. Uh, the next one, uh, I think it was Doug Thompson shut down the door for their fourth title. And then they, they won it again in 2000 and then didn't win it again until 2009, and here we are. So the Tigers are looking for their seventh title, and they are the second favorites on Caesar Sportsbook, by the way. 5.5 to 1, 5.5 to 1 to win the national championship but they got to get past Kentucky first. Um, if you want to hear more about the odds part of it, because we're not going to talk uh, a lot about odds and sports betting on this particular show. I don't necessarily want to do that with Cade coming on. Uh, we certainly didn't mention it during his interview. But uh, you can go back and watch Bayou Bets, which is on all of our uh, bet.nola.com and nola.com social media channels. We'll talk about the odds and what we think, who might be a value 
going in this weekend. But LSU is a two-to-one favorite to beat Kentucky this weekend in this series. Uh, Paul Skeen's going in game one. Is it a must-win? I mean, you know, as weird as it sounds, I think no. I mean, of course you want to win with your ace going on there. And, you know, Kate and I talk about Paul Skeen's and uh, Dylan Cruz and how strange it is to be playing on a team that has potentially the top two picks in the upcoming MLB draft. And it's insane, really. But, uh, you know, if they don't win with Skeen's pitching, you know, LSU fans will be, oh, God, here we go. Oh, it's over. And it's not. I mean, again, I think they, I don't even know if they become the underdogs. I guess you, when you're down 1-0 and you got to win the next two games and your ace is already gone, I guess theoretically you become an underdog just by, by process of whatever. But I think the Tigers could, you know, we're putting the car to the horse. We're talking about already if they lose. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win both games. I really do. I think this is going to be a good series with LSU for LSU. I said it before the regional started last week that it, I think they were a team that were lying in the weeds. Um, they didn't play well in the SC tournament. They didn't play well down the stretch. But I think their focus has been and is on what they're doing now, which is the real season, the postseason for a team that is used to being here. Although they haven't played all that much in this, this era. You know, you look at super regional titles, 2000, 2003, 2004, 2008, 2009, 13, 15, 17. So you're talking about only two stretches throughout there where they went four years without winning a Super Regional title. And now it's been six, you know, here in this Super Regional era that we're in. Uh, 16th Super Regional ever for the Tigers. Um, back when they won it in 91 and won the championship in 91 and 93 and 96 and 97, they didn't have Super Regionals then. It was a different structure. And so, you know, it's a lot harder to make it now. But that, that's a good thing. And so we'll see what, what game. I think you're going to learn pretty quick which LSU comes, team comes out. But they seem to be pretty loose to me just from what I've seen. And they didn't, let, they didn't sweat a lot of things. Now, granted, you know, Tulane and Sam Houston and Oregon State is not Kentucky. And it's certainly not whatever lies beyond Kentucky. Uh, but there have been some upsets. So you can't count anything. Uh, you know, Tennessee's going to travel to play Southern Miss. Tennessee should win, but Southern Miss is playing at home. What's going to happen there? You know, number two seed Florida, number one seed Wake Forest. They made it. Other teams didn't. Arkansas didn't make it. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be an interesting weekend of baseball. And, uh, you know, South Carolina's in it. So how many SEC teams are going to be in this thing? Hopefully as many. I think the maximum is four. There are six left. Two of them are playing one another or four of them, I should say. Uh, there are two Super Regionals that have SEC teams playing one another. That's a whole other story, by the way. You don't think they set it up that way on purpose. We don't want all SEC teams in this thing. That would just look bad for the NCAA. I, did I say that out loud on the air? Yeah, I did. Anyway. All right, the other things going on this week. Before we get to Cade, obviously, uh, big news at Saints camp is that Michael Thomas is back. Um, at least... He's present, and he's got his number 13 jersey, uh, practice jersey and pants on, and was running some kind of routes. Does that mean anything? I mean, you can't get excited about Michael Thomas being back until you actually see him on the field for game one. And honestly, you know, after what happened the last time he went out there and got hurt, what, in game two, 
and didn't come back in game three or whatever the hell it was. I mean, you can't really get excited until he's like maybe midway through the season and he's still playing. So, but the fact that he seems to want to be out there and the earlier he gets out there, he can build a rapport with Derek Carr. Big deal. So right now it's a big deal. Might not be a big deal later on. Who knows? I mean, you can't get excited about too much in June when it comes to football, can you? I wonder what the Minnesota Vikings are thinking right now. Man, Dalvin Cook is a free agent, or it's going to be a free agent. They're still, I think they're still trying to. They put him through waivers, so they have a day to, I think it's a day, to try to trade him still. But looks like Dalvin Cook, who is, I mean, honestly, when he's healthy, he's one of the top four or five running backs in the National Football League. And he's going to be available. Don't get your hopes up, Saints fans. Um, that's not the kind of move the Saints make. And um, I went through this also on Bayou Bets, talking about whether the Saints even need Dalvin Cook. And although I think they need him, because I'm not convinced at all that even though, you know, Alvin Kamara is going to miss a minimum of six games, probably eight, maybe more. And even when he comes back, if he's going to play like he played last year, then he's next to worthless. I don't want to say worthless, but next to worthless. Let's be honest. I mean, he was completely ineffective last year. And I think he scored three touchdowns. And I know it's not all about touchdowns, but he simply was ineffective. And that could be part of the whole change from Sean Payton. I don't know. Maybe they'll find different ways to use him, but... I mean, you feel better about the Saints running back situation now anyway with Jamal Williams and, and you know, drafting of Kendra Miller. So, I mean, it's a better situation, but it's still not a good one if you ask me. I think they need at least one more running back. Again, you don't know how much time Kamara is going to miss. We don't, none of us know. We're going to find out soon. We just don't know when. So I think his trial, his new trial date is... I think it's before training camp. I believe that it's before training camp. I should have looked that up before I came to the show. But uh, also, the Vikings are looking, supposedly looking to trade Daniil Hunter. I mean, what are they doing over there? I, you know, we always, I always bring it up because fans like to bring it up of teams potentially tanking uh, before season begins. But, hey, why would you ever tank no matter who you are, no matter how bad you're going to be? Even Tampa Bay shouldn't tank on purpose. They're going to be terrible, by the way. But if you're the Vikings, I mean, you got to be the front runner in that division. I mean, some people say it's Detroit, but I say it's the Vikings. What are they doing? Are they trying to free up money to sign someone? I don't know. I don't know what the hell they're doing. But maybe the Vikings are just being the Vikings. Or maybe they're being another team that's in an app. I don't know what they're doing. But that is uh, some strange goings-on over there. Maybe we'll find out over, over the course of the next couple of weeks. But... Uh, Interesting times in the NFL for sure. We'll see if the Saints make any more moves. They have cap room. I think they're like 15 or 16 million under the cap, which is something you don't often say. So I don't know if the Saints have, they have more moves than them, put it that this way. But I don't know that any of them are going to be big moves because, you know, their cap situation for 2024 is really bad. It's, I don't know if it's quite as bad as it was coming into this season. But yet, again, every year they find a way to make it work. So, again, something to address later. But the Saints are not done signing players. Uh, they're going to certainly get more depth, I think, at running back. 
They're going to sign probably another offensive lineman somewhere. I don't know if it's going to be a name that we all know. And then, of course, I think along the defensive front, they need more help. Certainly need more depth. So that's going to be coming over the course probably the next month or so. Training camp, just I believe it's seven weeks away now. Seven weeks. That's how close we're getting to the next season. I still got a vacation to fit in some kind of way. So we've got a couple more datitudes before that's coming up, and I'll be on Bayou Bets as well. But, uh, you know, and I didn't even touch on the NBA Finals. If you want to hear what I have to say about that, you can go on today's Bayou Bet show. Zach and I go on at length about that. I think that's a fade accompli. Nuggets lead it 2-1 to one after winning big last night in Miami. Um, even if Miami finds a way to win game four, which I doubt, um, I think it'll be a good game. I said I thought it would be the best game of the series, but that series to me is just about over. Um, it's just, I mean, Denver's that much better than Miami. They just are. And Miami's kind of run out of mojo, I think. You can, Eric Spolstra's done a hell of a job getting them that far, but you can only take them, take a team like that so far, in my opinion. All right, let's get to Cade Beloso again in our conversation about, it, we're not just previewing the series, but I asked him questions about him, what the journey's been like, how rough the, the time was in between, um, you know, when, he, when it was COVID, when he did have the knee injuries, but he got himself back and now is, you know, batting fifth for this solid Tigers team. Again, that just, just two weeks, two wins away. If they can beat Kentucky, whom they beat twice, in the regular season, two out of three in a series back in mid-April. They can do it again. They're going to Omaha. Let's see what he thinks. Kate, it's been a long time since we, we spoke. Uh, how you doing? Man, I'm good. Good. Thank you for having me, you know, on the show. Glad to have you. Uh, last time we spoke, uh, I think John Curtis was winning uh, a state championship again in baseball. <laughs> uh, it, seems like, it seems like it must be, it seemed like a really long time for you since those days. Yeah, man. I mean, it feels like yesterday, but when you, you know, you turn back the clock, you know, the first one was like seven years ago. So, yeah, and, uh, those, those times go by fast. But yeah, I remember like it was yesterday. What do you, uh, before we get into this season, what do, what do you take from John Curtis with you on to LSU? I mean, how much did that help prepare you? Oh, I mean, you know, a lot, you know, just the, uh, just the culture of that school and, you know, just, Coach JT is such a good person. It just trickles on down the staff, really. Like, every person in that building is a great dude and, or a great woman. Uh, you know, just it just teaches you how to be a good Christian. You know, it teaches you how to make the right decisions in life. You know, uh, it, it just it goes beyond sports and it goes beyond school with that, with that whole school and that whole family. So, I mean, I couldn't be more blessed to have, you know, met and attended that school. They keep in touch? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Anytime I have like a good game or something like that, I'm always getting texts or you know calls or something like that. So yeah, they they, they do it for sure. You know, Coach Jeff's a big Tulane guy. He, he's okay yeah. with with all that. You know. Yeah, yeah. I actually <laughs> got to catch up. Yeah, I know he's a massive Tulane fan. Uh, I got to catch up with him literally um, when they were playing Sam Houston State in the elimination game this past yeah. weekend. Uh, I got to catch up with him for about 20, 25 minutes with uh, his two sons. So yeah, it was awesome. That's pretty cool. Well, let's talk about this weekend and, uh, you know, your second super regional uh, with, your, uh, with a chance to go to Omaha for the first time. All right, don't lie to me. Tell me how much – I know it's a one game at a time. Players, coaches love to use the cliche, but Omaha has got to be in your mind. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's in your mind, but, I mean, it's also been in our mind all year. Uh, so, I mean, nothing really changes. Um, it. It, it definitely, you could see it in your sights a little closer than you would, you know, the second, third, fourth week of the season. Uh, 
Yeah, but I mean, it does sound cliche, but we're, you know, we're, we're focused about on Saturday and, you know, when Saturday gets done and then we'll focus on Sunday. So how, how yeah, much, you, you can definitely start to see it a little closer now. How much does 2019, you know, your freshman year, you, you come out, you've kind of had sort of a bookend career, you know, you had yeah. such a great freshman year. You've had all kinds of things happen between COVID and your injury and everything else yeah. between that. And now you're having a, a great season again. It, but how you know 2019 as a freshman you must have come in thinking okay this is going to be easy every year. <laughs> no, I mean yeah, it's definitely not easy, but uh, it's so fun and, and postseason baseball is unbelievable. You know, it's so intense every pitch, every inning. You know, it, there, there's nothing truly like it. Um, but yeah, I mean it's I remember that, that super regional like it was yesterday. You know, like I said, you're so close and then you come up short and obviously you know you're disappointed, you're upset, but. You don't want to ever feel that feeling again, you know. So, I mean, that definitely still hits hard, you know, when it gets brought up or, you know, when I think about that. All right, well, let's talk about this one in Kentucky. And I got a little graphic here. Obviously, you guys know Kentucky very well uh, because you, you played them in a series earlier this year. You had a pretty good series. Uh, so, you, you had a home run in, in game one and then had an RBI single in the second game. You guys won two out of three. What about this Kentucky team? Uh gives you cause for concern. Obviously you have concern with any team you're going to play, but the fact that you know, these teams and you guys know each other, well, does that make it more difficult? Um, I mean, it, yeah, but I mean, any team we were going to play, is going to be difficult. You know, nothing's going to come easy for us. That's just the game of baseball. You know, you're rarely ever going to play perfect or everything's going to go smoothly. And according to plan, you know, it's about how you answer back from what goes sideways and how fast you can answer back. Uh, but yeah, th this Kentucky team is good. And they're super gritty. They're super tough. You know, they're they have old guys just like us, so they have a ton of experience. You know, they know how to play in these uh, you know environments and these situations like postseason baseball. Uh, but yeah, it's an opponent we're familiar with, so I, we, we feel good about our preparation for them, and you know, we have a good idea what they're going to try to do. Um, but yeah, we're going to you know play our best brand of baseball, and you know, let the rest take care of the rest. You know. Speaking of old guys, I saw a great tweet that you retweeted that someone posted about uh, a 40 year old playing yeah. for LSU baseball. Uh, you took that in and you, you had a little, little fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> hilarious. It was, a, it was a barstool tweet. So I took that positively, uh, but no, I thought it was funny and all my buddies were sending it to me and it was, it was a big old joke. My brother was laughing about it. Like it was, it was awesome. <laughs> Wait till you're really 40, my friend. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, sometimes I'm, you know, when I'm trying to get moving at the field, you know, bones are cracking. I feel 40. I'm just like, oh gosh. It, it's I'm a lot different too. than when you were in high school, wasn't it? You just run around yeah. and do whatever the hell you wanted to do. Yeah, nonstop. I used to, uh, my freshman year, I used to make fun of a couple of our couple of old guys. Uh, you know, Brant Broussard and you know Chris Reed, and it it took them so long to get warmed up, <laughs> and and I was like, dude. I, I just didn't never understood it. I always make fun of them. And I literally want to text them every day. I'm just like, dude, I'm so sorry for, you know, laughing at y'all. Like, I'm the same way now. Yeah. You joke about the bones creaking, but when you get old, they really do creak. They make noise yeah. when you wake up in the yeah. morning, it's going to happen. All right. This, this Kentucky series, what do you remember about the, you know, April, you know, what days was it? April 13th through 15th at the box. What do you remember about that series? If anything, um, I mean, I do remember. They all start to mesh together when you too. when you play sixty games in a year. They all, I know, they all yeah. start to mesh together. Uh, you know, I know Friday night we beat them pretty good, or Thursday. I don't know when the series started exactly, but run ruled them the first night. I remember we played really well. Uh, I do remember we. Yeah, here it is. Uh, let's see, two five run innings. 
I do remember we played good the second day, and then we had a uh, we had like base loaded, and we made a, like, a mistake where all the runs scored, and that kind of just took the momentum out of us. Um, I don't remember the other five run inning. I only remember one, and then the next game, I remember it was super tight. Uh, JT had a clutch double late. You yeah. know, I had an RBI single late. I remember Jared Jones hit two balls really far. Uh, and then I remember Bryce Collins coming in and shutting the game down. And uh, Tommy White wanted getting hit by a pitch. Yeah. I mean, I'm a sure, walk-off yeah. hit by pit. Well, it wasn't a walk-off. It was in the bottom of the eighth. But but still, yeah. I mean, that, that you know, you got to win them any kind of way you can win them, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it doesn't, you know, no, no fans are going to, or not fans, no one's going to complain about an ugly win, you know. You guys, uh, it's been an interesting kind of roller coaster since I'd say the beginning of May or so, you know, you drop a couple sec series, you finally win the, the one against Georgia. And so people didn't quite know what to expect coming into this regional. And, you know, you know, by now there are LSU fans that are, like when y'all are doing well, highest of highs, <laughs> the LSU can't be beat. And when a couple yeah. couple bad games, oh, this team stinks. I mean, how do you guys stay in the middle and avoid all that? Because that's that's easy to get caught up in that stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's super easy to get caught up in that. But, you know, uh, we're not worried about any outside noise. You know, the, the only people we're worried about are the people inside the building. Uh, and, and, you know, baseball is a hard game. And, you know, we, we, we came, like, came out the gates really hot and, you know, we won eight straight SEC or excuse me, seven straight SEC series. Uh, and that's tough to do, you know, that's yeah, tough to do. And then finally, you know, the game caught up with, a, with us a little bit, you know, teams are catching fire against us and, you know, maybe we made a couple mistakes here and there, but, you know, we're, we're still one of the best teams in the country, you know, whether who says it or who doesn't say it, you know, we believe that internally and every person in our uh, building believes it and, you know, we believe in each other. So, I mean, uh, we know we're a really good team, and we know what we're capable of. So we don't uh, let any outside noise affect us. I thought it was interesting, you know, during the SC tournament. You know, I, I didn't expect you guys to to come out and win. You're kind of lying in the weeds, waiting for the, the real season to begin. I mean, that's what I, I think LSU is. And then, sure enough, I mean, a lot of people were worried, but you guys were able to turn it on in the regional and, and play the way you wanted to play. Maybe not exactly the way you wanted to play. Lots of delays, having to figure out when yeah. you're going to play. And all that <laughs> but, you know, you, you're able to come through when you come through. Do you think this is the real LSU team now going forward? Yeah, I mean, we are who we are. You know, we, we know who our team is. And, you know, we showed a glimpse of it this past weekend. And, you know, there's still some things we could have done better, even though, you know, we won three in a row and swept the regional. Uh, there's things that we could always do better offensively, defensively, you know, on the mound, in the field, stuff like that. So, I mean, uh, we have stuff we need to continue to work on. We still have to get better, you know, even at this point in the year. Like, we're not perfect, so we always got to clean up whatever we need to clean up. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think we were back to our normal selves, and, you know, uh, we'll let everybody else talk about if, if we weren't playing the way we should or something like that. But we, we know how good we are and, you know, what we're capable of. Jim Derry here with LSU's Cade Beloso on this special Thursday Datitude podcast. I got to ask you, what's it like to be in the dugout and watch Paul Skeens pitch? Uh, it, it's a once in a lifetime thing, honestly. It, it's the same thing for me as watching Dylan Cruz hit. Yeah. Anytime, you know, back <laughs> yeah. practice in the game, et cetera. But it, it's just, it, it's so impressive, man. And I, I really hope that, you know, people watching are understanding what they're watching. You know, this doesn't come around often. Uh, you know, he's one of my favorite teammates of all time. And, you know, just he, what he does every Friday night on the, in the box or 
is so special. Uh, you know, he he has four pitches for strikes at 80 cows, and he, he runs his fastball up to 102, 103. Uh, you know, I don't think that comes around very often. Yeah. Did you did you get to you get to face him when he's at all when he pitched for real? I mean, like you know when you guys go in uh, intramural stuff or not intramural, but inter squad whatever. Yeah. I mean, did you, did you get to face him when he's throwing that stuff? I mean, I faced him in inter squads. I never faced him in a, in a real 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 game like situation. <laughs> uh, in our inter squads, he was only throwing ninety five to ninety seven. Oh, okay, so that's, that's all. Yeah, must have been taking some stuff off his fastball, but. Uh, yeah, man, I, I stand in on his bullpens every week to, you know, give him feedback and, you know, give him a batter to kind of set his visuals for. And, you know, he, he's unbelievable. His stuff is disgusting. I think it's partly that stash. You know, you wear a stash <laughs> like that. You, you got to be able to pull it off if you wear a stash That's like it. that. Yeah, I, mean, I love it. It looks good uh, on him. You know, we talk about Paul Skeens. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen a college baseball team where they could be going into this upcoming Major League Baseball draft and the one and two guys could be from the same team. That's that's yeah. obscene. And, you know, Dylan Cruz has obviously played his part. He easily could be the, the number one pick as well. I mean, yeah. you know, just talk about Dylan, and he's grown up through this program. Unlike Paul, you know, he's really, and you guys have kind of grown up together. Yeah. I mean, he's unbelievable. You know, uh, obviously when you get a guy like Dylan to come to college, it's special and, and you know what you're getting. But, I mean, he even exceeded those expectations. And then some, like, he uh, – he he's just does everything the right way. He has everything that you could look for in a player, you know, uh, does everything the way you're supposed to do it. You know, he works hard. He's super dedicated. You know, he's always present. He's not thinking about anything else other than what's going on right in front of him. Uh, and most importantly, he's a good dude. Uh, he's one of the, like one of our lock, like good locker room guys. He was a great leader. Uh, he obviously checks every box. So, I mean, can't say enough great things about Bill and, you know, both him and Skeens are going to play, you know, 15, 20 years in the big leagues. So, I mean, you'll be seeing them for many years to come. Can't wait to watch. Not a ton of time left in, in this broadcast here, but if you got a question for Cade or you want to just make a comment, feel free if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook to put a comment in the comment section. They'll show up here, and I'll put them on the screen. Uh, if you're watching on Twitter, you're just going to have to just watch, and you can use the comment or question yourself. Maybe you can ask yourself <laughs> a question on whether LSU is going to win this weekend or not. Um do you guys do anything different, Cade, the week of a super regional? Are you, are you basically, even though it's only one team, is it more you know who you're playing and you know for two or three games that you're going to play Kentucky? Or do you take it like you took the, the regional and just kind of get yourselves ready for whatever's going to happen? Uh, I mean, it's a good mix of both. Um, yeah, like we're, we're, we're kind of game planning against Kentucky with some stuff we're doing, uh, you know, def- like defensively and stuff like that. But as an offense, we're, we're doing the things we've been trying to do all year, uh, you know, get, get our swings lined up as best as possible, you know, play good defense, um, you know, just try to fine-tune those things. But, I mean, in terms of actual, like, game plans and stuff like that, like we'll, we, uh, we'll set some machines up based off of some of the stuff their pitchers do, but uh, nothing too crazy like that. Yeah, it's kind of a – we've been doing the same thing all year approach-wise, so we just keep rolling with it. Don't have to change anything up now. You know, just got to be who we are. Before we close out, uh, we're going to come back to just this series, maybe one more question this series. But I want to talk about you and ask you a couple questions about you. Um, and the first question I have about you is I, I found it interesting, you know, you go in as a first baseman at LSU and still are. 
but you, you found yourself more, much more as a designated hitter. How hard was that for you to kind of grow into that role and, and embrace that role, I guess, per se? Because I always thought it was interesting for DHs that you're not in the field every inning. Right. Is it harder to focus when, you, when you're sitting in the dugout? Um, I mean, it's not, it's not hard to focus. It's just, it's, uh, it's like, uh, there's a fine line, you know, when you like baseball, obviously things are not going to always go your way, but a good aspect of that is you can play defense and you can forget about what just happened. Uh, that's, yeah. so that's the only thing that's different with DH is you don't really have a position to go out there and play during that game. Uh, so you have to find other ways to keep your brain occupied. Um, so I like to, you know, crack jokes with my teammates, you know, root on the pitcher, root on the guys in the field. So uh, that's the only difference for me is just, you know, finding, finding that time to, you know, like occupy your brain so you don't think about what just happened, good or bad. So I've always said every good team has to have good chemistry, and you guys look like yeah. you have great chemistry. Unbelievable. Uh, like, I mean, you won't find a team that enjoys being around each other more than us. Uh, you know, uh, we have some of the best dudes in the country, and, you know, that's one thing I'm going to miss so much about it uh, when, when, like, you know, my time is up here. It's just the, the people we have, you know, it's so, it's just like a, a big comedy session all day. Like we're just you know, making fun of each other, making jokes, but when it's time to, you know, strap it up and, you know, get ready, like we're focused, but you know, we also like to play loose and have a lot of fun. You know, we touched on it when, when we first uh, started the broadcast today, but you know, you've had, you really have had that bookend kind of college career starting off, you know, you had 10 homers your freshman season yeah. playing all the time. And then, you know, in between, you talk about, like I said, COVID. Uh, you only play 17 uh, games that that, night, that 2020 season, and then you, you know you, you come back and you have the injury and you, the knee injury that that keeps you out an entire season. How were you? At, just just talk about the whirlwind. And I don't think anyone could expect to go through all the different things that you've gone through in your time at LSU. Yeah, I mean, been through it all. You know, can can. Uh had every high and low possible, you know, like you said, had a phenomenal freshman year, you know, was off to a great start before COVID hit, uh, you know, I was hitting 320 or whatever it was, but uh, then junior year rolls around and, you know, still trying to deal, deal with stuff from the pandemic. Like everything's kind of getting back to normal, kind of not. And, uh, you know, had a horrible junior season, you know, not the way I wanted it to go at all. It was like the first time of my life I really struggled uh, you know, mentally and physically. So, uh, and then, you know, finally get my mentals right, you know, start meeting with like a sports psychologist and you know, she's one of my best friends now. And, uh, then, you know, everything's all the boxes are checking, like new coach, new swing, everything's going great, you know, feeling really good about the season. You know, my body's the best it's ever been in my life. And, uh, you know, have a season ending surgery, you know, five minutes after opening, opening pitch or whatever it was. Uh, so yeah, it just, life throws a bunch of stuff at you, but you know, I really just put all this and, you know, all my trust in God and all my faith in God, you know, he wouldn't uh, give you something you can't handle and, you know, everything happens for a reason. You know, it sounds cliche, but I'm a firm believer in that. And it just you know, goes back to even that John Curtis, just having faith in God that, you know, everything's going to happen the way it's supposed to happen. The only thing you can really con control is life is your response, you know, to an event. You know, Cade, you had a, they had a, you know, a nice segment on you, uh, on ESPN and during, you know, I don't remember which game they actually showed it a couple of times, I think, but the mental aspect of it. And you talk about how you had, you know, it was a tough time for you. I mean, there, there were, there yeah. were different tough times for you, but you found a way to get through it. You see, you talk about seeing a sports psychologist, you know, I've had uh, in my family, uh, mm -hmm. we've had, we've had 
I've had my mom and my, and my sister both had mental pro- issues yeah. throughout, throughout their lives. How, yeah. you know, how, that, that is real. I mean, people, yeah. don't, some people don't understand that, how real that is. How, how were you able to get through it? How did you approach it when someone said, you know, at first, you know, maybe you should see a psychologist or something along those lines. How did you obviously embraced it? Yeah. I mean, like you said, it is a real thing and it, it happens so much in the world that, you know, some people are, are almost embarrassed to admit it. Uh, you know, I think it's a great thing. Uh, I think it's something that, you know, everybody should do, whether, you, you know, you talk to a, a family member. You don't necessarily have to see somebody, but, you know, as long as you're expressing your emotions and not bottling them up inside, I think it's a great thing. But I'll, I actually, uh, I know it happened to a teammate. Uh, was, he, play, he plays for the Angels organization now, a guy by the name of Landon Marceau, Destra had yeah. kid, you know, yeah. grew up in the area. And, you know, it's something someone always looked up to just because of how good he was and how he went about his business. And, you know, he, he obviously could tell I wasn't right my junior year. Uh, he was just asking if everything was, like, okay mentally and up top and stuff like that. And, and I looked at him. I was like, man, to be honest, like, you know, no. Like, I'm, I'm so lost right now. You know, don't really know how to, like, handle all this stuff going on. And uh, that's when he was like, dude, have you ever, like, thought about meeting with, like, a – like a sports psychologist. I was like, no, like I know they offer them here. And I was like, well, have you, you ever met with them? And he's like, yeah, like I've been doing it for two years ever since my freshman year. And he's like, it's unbelievable how like good it does and, or how good it is and how much it does for you, you know, just so, even off the field too. So decided to give it a try after the season, you know, decided to finish that year up and, you know, kind of just, you know, ball it up and throw it away, you know, forget all about what happened, you know, the best I could. And, you know, started meeting with Christine Sotil and, you know, she works with LSU and, she was telling me a bunch of different things to try and things to do to get me in the right state of mind. And, you know, started doing those things and I felt like myself again and still do them to this day, you know, every can you give Can you give us one glimpse? So what's one thing that, you know, I don't want to, you know, you don't want to give out your whole routine. I understand. Can you share one of, one of those things sure. with us? Yeah. Um, so my favorite one that we've ever done is something called like a serenity prayer. And, and basically it kind of just... Uh, you list out everything that you are, and it kind of just shifts your perspective into a positive light, sort of, sort of speak. Uh, so every morning when you wake up, you just randomly list like things that you can think of. So like for instance, mine would be like, I'm a brother, I'm a son, you know, I'm a fiance, I'm a friend, I'm a teammate, uh, I'm a child of God, you know, I'm a you know Christian, and you just literally I'm, I'm a baseball player. Like you go on all the way down the list and just list all these things you are. And it kind of, then you breathe for like 10, 15, 30 seconds, just take deep breaths and stuff like that. And it kind of just resets your focus onto a positive way of looking at things. And I think for me, that's the biggest thing ever, you know, just making sure you're in the right state of mind every day because life's way too short, you know, to not be positive every day. Was it tough getting adjusted to the spotlight? I mean, obviously you're fresh from the air. Like I said, you go in, you have this, this great season, um, I, you know, you can play at John Curtis and have, you know, hundreds of people watch you or whatever, and you play games at Delgado on different times and Mike Miley and all those things. But, you know, when you go to LSU and you have those 12,000 people, whatever, it's a, it's a different kind of spotlight. <laughs> yeah. Was that tough to get adjusted to? Uh, I mean, it was a little different, yeah, just because you've never you, – there's no, no way you could go about that unless you do it. Like, there's nothing that can really prepare you. Unless you just got to do it. Uh, and get it over with, you know, for the first time. So uh, it wasn't tough at all. It took me like three, three or four games to really get adjusted to yeah. it. And, and, and then now, like, you really don't even feel it. You don't, you don't even like really pay attention. Excuse me to what's going on. You know, you're just so focused on the game. 
All right, before, you know, there, I said I want to go back to the, the Kentucky series before we let you go. Do you realize, I mean, I'm assuming you're, you're not coming back into this year, right? I don't know. Do you, you don't have another year of eligibility, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm out of eligibility. That, that, that's what I thought. I didn't know if, if the injury season, you get another red shirt. Some, some no. players do. Do you, do you realize, and I asked you this, I think when you were at Curtis playing your last home series, do you realize this is the last weekend that you'll ever play at the box? No matter yeah, what happens. Yeah. It's starting to starting to resonate and stuff like that. And uh, I didn't really think about it until yesterday. I was doing media with uh, with some reporters, and they asked me that question too. And I was like, you know what? I didn't really think of that. I was just so focused on Kentucky, like I wasn't you know, thinking about anything externally and stuff like that. But yeah, it, it's starting to settle in. And you know, I, I love this place and so many great memories here. So trying to you know leave with one last good memory. You know, send our team to Omaha. So win or lose, there are going to be some kind of tears going on yeah. at the end of either game two or game three, right? hundred percent. Yeah. Like, I mean, this, this place means so much to me and, you know, everything about it, you know, growing up, wanting to be a tiger, you know, just watching all the guys in front of me play and stuff like that as a kid, just good win or lose, you know, there are going to be tears. I, I would like them to be happy tears though. So, cause we're finally going to a while. You know, and I asked about your dad before we, we came on the air, your dad, Rodney, who I got to know a little bit. Um, but, I mean, your family is such a huge part of what you do, I know. And to, to have them there at your games, I mean, just not every, not every, even college kids, they don't all have that. I mean, what's that like to have the backing, you know, that you have? I know that's got to be play a huge role in, yeah. in, in your success. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, it takes a village, you know. Uh, it, it takes a village to have a good, you know, one season, you know, stuff like that. But just so your support staff and everybody is so vital, too, because, I mean, you don't want to always talk about baseball all the time. And, yeah. you know, uh, Caroline and, you know, my, my brother know that and, you know, mom know that and stuff like that. Like, just I don't want to always, you know, continually talk about baseball. So when I'm off the field, we're just talking about the most random things, you know, just to <laughs> keep it loose and stuff like that. And, you know, the, the more you get to know somebody, the, you know, you know what they like to talk about and stuff like that. But, yeah, just, you know, super thankful for everybody that, you know, has helped me get along this way or, and, you know, really just you know, steered me in the right direction. You know, a, lot of, a lot of them being my family members. Obviously, I'm not going to ask for a prediction, but what, what do you, how do you guys feel? How loose are you guys going into this series? And, and how excited are you to get it going and think, that, you know, we're just two wins away from, from, from what our, all of our dreams have been. We've never had a chance to do it. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're not thinking about like we're two wins away. Like, obviously, we know that you have to win two games to get to Omaha, but, you know, we're, we're just worried about, you know, Saturday. Like I said earlier, we're worried about the first game. And, when that one's over, we'll worry about the next game. But, you know, we're, we're super excited. I don't think anyone's nervous, but, like, you know, stuff like that, I think it's more of, like, a ready-to-get-this-going type deal. And we know how uh, exciting postseason baseball at the box is. And, you know, we got the experience it last weekend. And you know, I think everybody's looking forward to doing it again. What's your personal plans for life after LSU? Uh, well, you know, I'm getting married in November, so that that's one Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, in, I don't know, man, in terms of a job, I don't know, uh, you know, quite what I want to do yet, you know, so I, I you have any aspirations at all to, to continue to play baseball. I mean, yeah, if the opportunity presented itself, absolutely. You know, uh, would, would consider keep playing and stuff like that. And you know, that's a dream as well. But you know, if that doesn't work out and I'm totally at, you know, peace with my career and the, the way it's panned out and stuff like that. And, you know, have had so much fun and met so many great people along the way, but 
if that doesn't work out, you know, try to try to find a good job doing something I enjoy. So you know. would it possibly be in coaching baseball or anything like that? Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, uh, like I just I would get into coaching just because of the impact you have on people. And, yeah. you know, some of the people that have had an impact on me have tried to, you know, I, I would want to be like them, you know, positive light like that and stuff like that. And, you know, you're hitting coaches and, you know, your your ops guys and, you know, director of scouting and stuff like that. You know, just the people that really, really work with you every day and stuff like that. Well, I know people are super excited to uh, for this weekend. And, uh, you know, again, final weekend at the box, it's going to be something special for you. Like I tell, you know, I, I used to cover high school sports and I would tell certain players that I thought were maybe a little bit better than, than the rest. And since you were all state and two years in a row and you were Mr. Baseball in your senior season, I know I told you this, but, uh, you know, enjoy every minute, man. It, it goes by so fast. And I know you understand that more that you're in your twenties than you did when you were in your teens, Yeah, but, no doubt. but it, it really does go by so fast. Enjoy every single second of this weekend, yep. whether you get to play beyond it or not. Yes, sir. Absolutely. You know, that's one thing I would, I would tell myself, you know, like in high school and stuff like that, or if I was talking to any middle, middle schooler or high schooler is just really appreciate everything going on around you. Uh, it's going to be over whether you like it or not in the blink of an eye. So, you know, enjoy the suck, enjoy the good, enjoy everything, you know, uh, it's going to shape you to be who you are later in life. So, I mean, just, it's fun. Might as well make it fun. So, well, I'm supposed to be neutral, but I'm, I'm an LSU alum. So I think it's okay for me to say go Tigers. All right. Let's go, go Tigers. All right. Well, thank you so much for spending time sure. with us on Datitude uh, and, and have a great weekend, my friend. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me, man. Like I, like I said in the open, it's always cool to be able to go back and talk to a player that you covered uh, in high school. And I've said this many times in the show. And as cool as my job is now, because I, I do think it's pretty cool, and I get to do a lot of things that I never got to do when I was covering high school sports. But um, I miss those relationships. And I miss watching those kids grow up to be men. Um, and then what happens to them after. And, you know, you don't get that now. You know, these... I still get to do play-by-play for Varsity Sports now, and I love the fact that Eric Ritchie has given me that chance to continue to do that. But you don't get to develop the relationships that you see on a day-to-day basis when you're covering prep sports. And back when Cade was playing, you know, this is before I came back up to the North Shore, I was covering the entire New Orleans metro area um, by myself because the old Times Picayune, which I'm not going to get into that mess, but it was a little different between 2015 and 20. 19, um, and we had cut our prep staff down to one, literally, me. And so uh, I had a lot of relationships. But there are certain ones that stick out, and Cade certainly was one of those. Um, The people at Curtis have always been great to me. Um, And, you know, the kids that have come out of there, same thing. It's rare that you don't see a kid come out of Curtis and, and end up doing something with his life. I mean, it happens, but like every other school. But it's a special place. And, you know, I knew he was going to be something special. If he's going to, it doesn't matter whether he plays baseball after, you know, LSU's final game of this season again. It, maybe he'll end up a coach here in the metro area or somewhere else, or maybe he'll do something else with his life. But it's certainly going to be fun to watch as I watch with a lot of the kids, then men, that I've covered. Um, whether, again, whether they become professional sports players or whatever they become. Uh, I try to stay in touch with as many of them as possible, and I know a lot of you listening. Um, I see it on Twitter all the time, kids that I used to cover, and they're not kids anymore. I keep going. I'm old, so I can call 
pe- uh, people in their 20s and 30s and kids, as they still are. Um, you know, like I said, I'm about to be a grandpa. My 25-year-old son's, he's a kid, and he's about to have one. So there's that. All right, it has been a fun show. I was uh, really happy that Kate agreed to do this and ahead of the regional, super regional against Kentucky. It's going to be a fun one, I think. Um, I do think LSU is going to win it. I think they're going to win it in two games, but I don't think they're going to win it without drama. I don't know that they're capable of winning anything without drama. I really don't. Um, But that's how they like it. They seem to thrive in those situations, or at least they have for a lot of this year. Um, And I know that you guys couldn't see the graphics that I had on and, um, you know, what happened in the series against Kentucky earlier and the schedule and what their records are and all those things. But let me tell you, these teams are pretty darn close to one another, even though LSU's the five, Kentucky's the 12. Well, Kentucky's played really good baseball in their regional. And they had to fight through it, and they got through it, and they're not coming in here. It's not going to be easy. Um, I don't think anyone expects it to be easy, but, you know, just because I think they're going to win it in two games, I don't expect it to be easy. And uh, they're going to need Paul Skeens to be in his best. And you don't want this to be the last time he ever pitches for LSU. You want him to pitch – hell, you want him to pitch two more games after this in Omaha because that's what it's going to take to win. It's going to take two – Paul, it's going to take Paul Skeens winning game one, most likely, and it's going to take Paul Skeens winning two games in the College World Series for the Tigers to have a chance to be a national champion for the seventh time. What happened? I don't know. But like I said, as we started off this thing, it's, it's the dream of just about ever, any little boy. I mean, sure, a lot of kids dream that they're going to be drafted out of high school. I don't know that kids really dream that. I mean, you may start thinking that. The, the super special ones might start thinking, hey, I got a shot to to play in the bigs one day and not even go to college. But I think most kids who are playing, you know, junior high and high school baseball, they dream of the day that they could play for a college team and maybe one day play in Omaha. And that's kind of what the, the outro song today is, the greatest. Not every kid is the greatest, but you know what? A lot of them think they're the greatest. That's a good thing. And that's what the song kind of represents. I used to play it as a, when I was the PA guy for – my son, when he was uh, growing up, and I got to be the PA guy for a couple of years, I'd play the song in between innings, along with a lot of other songs. But I always thought this song was cool as hell. No other way to go out, right? So as we say, go Tigers. We hope everyone out there has a great, wonderful weekend. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on besides the Saints finishing up third week of OTAs. You got uh, the PGA warm-up for the U.S. Open. You got the Belmont Stakes on Saturday. But we're all going to be focused on LSU and see what happens. We're going to talk about it next Friday. Until then, everyone have a wonderful week. Hug the ones you love. We'll see you later. Peace and love, my friends. He makes no excuses. He shows no fear. He just closes his eyes and listens to the cheer. Little boy, he adjusts his hat, picks up his ball, stares at his bat, says I am the greatest, the game is on the line, and he gives his all one last time. And the ball goes up like the moon so bright, swings his bat. 
with all his might. And the world's as still as still can be in a baseball fall.